Whoever loves me will keep my word, says the Lord. My Father will love him, and we will come to him. Those words from the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, Diane just sang for us in the Gospel acclamation. Whoever loves me will keep my word. My Father will love him. We will come to him. I highlight it because it's a nutshell version of the theme that we have in the scriptures today of love and law, which, truth be told, sound at odds at first blush. We associate love with candlelight dinners for two in a nice Tuscan villa, and law sounds like, well, the guy in the black robe flanked by a cop rendering judgment in a courtroom. But in the Christian life, I propose, they go together hand in hand, at least as we see in the scriptures today. Can we look at how? Well, first, a a musical interlude. There's a song that came to me this week. It's from a few years ago. It had that line, love lifts us up where we belong. I know some of you are old enough to remember it. Love lifts us up where we belong. It dripped with sentimentality in 40 years ago when it came out. And I remember, as a young person, just hating it. It sounded the way I would have described it back then, just a little cheesy. Listen to the words. It's right. Love lifts us up where we belong. You see, it does something. It's not just sentimentality. The sentimentality, the feelings, they're good, it's important, they're lovely. But love is not just a feeling. It does something. It lifts us up where we belong, where we have a purpose, where we are designed to be. And we know it's not just a feeling. (laughs) Well, because we hear it in the gospel. Jesus commands us to love. And we all know that you cannot command another person to feel a certain way. You can't command them to have a feeling. If I came to you today and say, you know what, I'm feeling pretty sad, you wouldn't say, well, stop it. Start feeling happy. I mean, not if you were in your right mind, you wouldn't. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Sarah has no affection for Paul. No one can just say, Sarah, you should. Not least of all, Paul, and tragic things happen when they try to make it happen. No, love, love lifts us up. It does the thing. It is an act of the will. It's choosing the good of the other. It makes us better people. So when the Pharisees today in the gospel ask Jesus the greatest of the commandments, he doesn't dabble in sentimentality. He doesn't make up something that he just thinks would be nice. He goes right to the scriptures. Maybe you know, in what we would call the Old Testament, there is not just those 10 commandments that we all learned as children. There are 613 commands that were given by God to the Jewish people through, through Moses. And what does Jesus do? He goes through the Rolodex of all 613 and he picks out Deuteronomy 6, 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
But he doesn't stop there. He goes on and adds Leviticus 19.18. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Fun fact, this, this was something that rabbis in Jesus' time did regularly. At least, that's what I'm told. They would often be asked and ask one another, but what do you, what do you choose? How do you prioritize the faith? What's number one? And it was common for a rabbi to choose Deuteronomy 6, 5. In fact, the Jewish people, the pious Jews of the day, would recite that verse the way we recite the Lord's Prayer. Some of us, multiple times a day. The Shema, they called it. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is God. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your spirit. They weren't surprised when Jesus pointed to that one, but then he threw in the bonus. No one expects the bonus. Love your neighbor as yourself. And they have to go hand in hand. You probably know that hunting season is now upon us, and every hunter, every target shooter knows that you have to line up the crosshairs if you want to hit the target. Sometimes it's hard. In the woods last fall, my brother, deer, came running by. I wasn't going to take a shot at that thing. It was moving fast. I don't have that much practice. I don't have that much discipline. Happily, I had that much patience. Just down the hill from me, my cousin's nephew was also hunting with us, and he was like he had a Tommy gun. Bam, 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 bam. Didn't hit a lick. But he wanted it bad. Of course he didn't hit anything. He didn't have the crosshairs lined up. He didn't have the practice. He didn't have the discipline. He sure didn't have the patience to wait. There's no alternative. You don't line up the crosshairs. You don't hit anything. And in the spiritual life, it's the same thing. We have crosshairs in order to hit the target that is the Christian ideal. Those crosshairs are the the two great commandments that form a literal cross, the vertical beam, the vertical commandment, love your God, and the horizontal, love your neighbor. If you aim too high, your head in the clouds, you're not going to hit anything, just a little bit of piety. Too low, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot, just dealing with navel-gazing. Go a little to the left or a little to the right. Well, our political world knows plenty about what happens when we go a little to the left and a little to the right. Sometimes when we go a lot to the left and a lot to the right. It's hard. It's hard to hit the bullseye, to line up the crosshairs, especially with all the moving targets of our lives. We get frustrated with our political leaders because they don't seem to have the answers that we long for. We hear about Israel and Palestine. We hear about Ukraine and Russia. We hear about the immigration at our borders and manhunts for mass shooters in Maine. What's going on? We get frustrated because we know there is an ideal. We know that there is supposed to be a love of God first and a love of neighbor that goes right along with it. And we have to line those up. So how do we do it? We don't just wring our hands and say, what's going on in the world? What's such a mess? Not if we want any hope in the world. Instead, instead we stay with good people. 
we, we live with good people. We pray with good people that love God and love our neighbor. We also spend time with our Lord who gives us the best example, the Blessed Sacrament. When we come in here, why do we keep the, the church open every day? Why do we ask people to come and worship each week? Why? Because when we line up ourselves with the Lord, the one who always is in communion with the Father and who gives himself for his brothers and sisters, then our lives are focused. Because love and law, they, they go hand in hand. Everything that we, we love has laws. Our, our musicians know it. Our, our athletes know it. Our, our, our doctors and nurses know it. Even that loving couple in, in Tuscany for their romantic dinner, they, they know it. Because if the laws aren't followed, the dinner doesn't get ordered, it doesn't get cooked, it doesn't get paid for or served, and those two people end up eating takeout while looking at their smartphones. No, love and law do go together. And it lifts us up where we belong.